Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta of like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, everybody out there in War Room land? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm in the building. Well, look, first of all, before I even tell you who I'm in the building with, just got to let y'all know that, you know, the homie Jimmy is over in Bora Bora saving baby black tip sharks. And uh, B. Olsen might join us in the second hour of the show because, you know, he, he's off doing some humanitarian work as well. So I'm joined in studio today by the homie, Billy Beige. What's going on, good yo, brother? Yo. What's going on, man? Yeah, you ain't got to worry about me saving anything. So we we good. I'm I'm here. I'm here whatever you need me, man. No cool. humanitarian yeah, we, work. We, we, <laughs> we the ignorant dudes. We ain't saving nobody. Except for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. all right. So before we get into everything, um, you know, everybody out there knows it's been a great week. For the social aspects of sports, um, you know, these stories have, have gotten millions of people talking about good deeds, giving back, et cetera. Uh, you know, with LeBron James leading the charge with the opening of his I Promise School in Akron. Um, you guys already know we love discussing intellectual things at times. So keep it locked right here for this and everything else happening in the world of sports. But if you want to get in on the conversation, make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at war room sports. What up? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, you good. You good. Okay. Just making sure I was good. Also guys, you can call us directly in about 20 minutes when we open up the digital extreme tech hotline. That number is three, two, three, four, one, zero, 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 one, two. One last thing before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the Warroom Sports mobile app, iTunes. I mean, you know, they do have a trillion dollars, so I'm sure they got a lot of bandwidth for you to listen. Uh, <laughs> tune in, Stitcher, and most other places you do your podcast listening. Hey, uh, yo, Hank, real quick, man, before we get into any sports talk, uh, just, just, just want to get your thoughts on this question, man. Do you think that it's a problem that the President of the United States of America thinks that we all get carted at the grocery store. <laughs> What's up with Biff this week? Be honest, Yo, though, every he week. probably has never. He's probably never been to a grocery store in his life. So, like, of right. all the dumb things that he says, I kind of understand that. Like, do you think he's ever actually had to purchase his own groceries anywhere? Like at any yeah, time I, in his life, I really don't. But my yeah, thing so, is, like, just where did he come? Like, he just makes things up. He assumes when he sends his minions to the grocery mm-hmm. store that they better not leave without their ID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're going to be in trouble, you know. first of all, because they're going to come back without food, and my man's going to be hungry. Um, exactly. Yeah, 
And and honestly, Weird. they always say that his diet is like the worst anyway. Like like he eats right. like uh, a Big Mac every night. Um, they talk about so like, he eats, like steak with ketchup. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't <laughs> even like send minions to the grocery store. Like he he goes the so maybe he, he like never has on him. That's why I go to McDonald's so much. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> the president eat from McDonald's and bodegas. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's culture. They don't man. even like his bread unless yeah, they got a cat on it. If it ain't no cat living on the right. bread, they don't want it. <laughs> and man, like, look, this is how you stay rich. He eat cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you die as well. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, man, a lot of, uh, you know, in addition to the good stuff that happened mm-hmm. uh, this week in sports, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened, too. So, we got to start with the crazy stuff and jump right into that and get to what happened this week, everybody, while y'all were out there on that good grind. And while you're on the grind, of course, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports book with the same list, rankings, imaginary startups, goat arguments, and all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. It's an acronym, so stay with me. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint Williams, and it'll keep you on the edge of your seat, it'll keep you laughing. It's just, it's an interesting read, and I suggest it to everybody. Just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com, or wherever you get your copy. Just make sure you don't miss this movement. So, one of the stories that happened this week, this was something that that's been a long time coming, but I think most of us are in agreement that, you know, a lot of these NBA dudes sell a lot of wolf tickets. They're not really about that life because, you know, on the, on the, on the court, they know that there's always somebody two feet away to break up the nonsense when people start acting like gangsters. Well, <laughs> according to some reports, that wasn't the case, or at least it wasn't the case quick enough in a club after the ESPYs a few weeks ago when the problems between Draymond Green and Tristan Thompson finally came to a head. Now, the initial report said Draymond Green actually tried to approach Tristan Thompson to apologize after all the smack that he was talking, you know, after the series and, you know, just, just all the stuff that he was saying. And Tristan wasn't trying to hear it this time. You know, if you reverse back to the NBA final. The moment when Tristan Thompson actually tried to go up to Draymond Green and and squash and Draymond wasn't trying to hear it, said so not cut from the same cloth. So, you know, according to reports, according to eyewitnesses, Tristan snuffed him when he tried to apologize to him. This surprising you, or you know, that Kardashian snatch got people angry. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly. It did surprise me because I think we all have labeled Tristan as being soft. Like, we, we know all NBA players, you know, soft. Well, not all because there's a couple, like, shout out to that Randolph. No disrespect, bro. Um, you know, it's a couple <laughs> that we don't want to uh, see in the dark alley. But for the most part, they're, like you said, they just selling wolf tickets. But, like, Tristan seemed like extra soft, like Terry Cloth soft. So, it, I, I was quite surprised to see that. Not only was he, you know, unwilling to take the, the apology because you know that's the that's the other thing. They're all friends in real life. Like it's like it's like a, it's right. like wrestling. 
where, you know, the bad guy and the good guy leave in the same car at the end of the night. So, um, you know, for him, first of all, not even to be interested in, in, in the olive branch was one thing. And then for him to, to throw the two-piece, um, yeah, I, 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 was, I couldn't believe it when they said that he was actually the, actually the aggressor. But I think, um, right. you know, Draymond must have really crossed that line. Draymond must have really yeah, – you know, I think the apology lets you off the hook from all the tough guy acting. Like, you can – you know, that lets you off the hook, basically. You don't have to go through with any promises that you might have made on national TV. So, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised as well. Um, because Tristan always acts aggressive. But, you know, like we said, up until this point, we've always considered it an act. Now, Draymond has finally come to social media to actually, you know, say a few things about this. And he's saying all of these reports we're hearing aren't true, like they aren't accurate. And he, he said, basically, I don't care if Tom Dukes kept and hearing things and she wanted me to say something. So what I'm hearing now this is not what I saw in the, the Draymond story, but I'm hearing other accounts that the, the punch was actually more of a mush. Like, you know, he pushed his face real hard. <laughs> okay. And then they well, broke it up now, and they partied together for the end of the, you know, to the end of the night. <laughs> See, that makes a little bit more sense because honestly Although I was, you know, given Tristan credit for being for not being so soft, I was looking at him a little sideways for being somebody that's, you know, almost seven foot, uh, a world class athlete, and not being able to drop somebody uh, with, with a two piece. So hearing right. that it was a uh, hearing that it was a, a mush, I, I can understand it a little better. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely you know doubting his power, which. To me, I, I was like, come on, you spend all day and night sparring with Chloe, you know, uh, <laughs> if, you can't, if you spend all, all day and night messing around with OJ's daughter, you're supposed to be tougher than that. But, but I guess. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm sitting here with also, I'm not going to say shocking because we're not shocked by any of this. Um, what's also funny to me um, was, first of all, uh, LeBron James and I read this. I'm not even going to take credit for this joke. So I got you know, somebody said LeBron James and and Kevin Durant finally super teamed up to break the fight up for a minute. Uh, um, but then everything went back to normal after all the scuffle. You know, LeBron, like Jimmy said to us earlier on the chat, LeBron hit everybody with the, the Captain Murtaugh with the I'm too old for this. But then they, they said everything went back to normal and everybody party for the rest of the night, even if you don't get sucker punched, like even if you get open hand slapped, you get mushed. Like, I don't know if I can stay there for the rest of the night. If I'm not going to do anything else about it, you know, I, I I'm no, not, I got, you, you can't just walk over to the fight. chicks and start buying drinks after you just got mushed in the club in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, We got to either fight. We got to fight then and there, or I got to go to the trunk. It, it's gotta be something <laughs> more like you can't be in the same right. place. Just bush me in public, but I need to know right. whose party this was because they they had to have some some Derek Jeter rules in effect because not only yeah, nobody got footage, <laughs> but nobody has any footage. Like <laughs> this must be camera on those on those two as soon as they uh, are, are in the building together, you know. So I'm right. amazed there's no footage of this. 
and that I mean, so but long for if there were any groupies or just straight up peasants, you know, in the in the party, like the cameras come on as soon as LeBron walk in. So you know, yeah, it's it's weird. So so if they didn't have these Jeter rules in effect, they did when everybody was on the way out. They must have snatched everybody's phone, stomped on it. I know, and said, you know, I know said do something about like, it. I know Tristan was sitting there like, oh word, y'all could. Y'all could uh, have the cameras out when I'm out here doing my uh, my dirt, but when I'm when I'm when I'm looking, <laughs> ain't nobody want to get no footage, huh? Yeah, I hear <laughs> tongue kissing strippers and stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking the story must be made up. I'm waiting for Draymond to give details on why the facts are wrong, though. It, it may be something even more embarrassing, though. It might have been Chloe that was the aggressor in the whole. <laughs> But yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, those I feel two. like there was some sort of violence though, because if it was just a straight up lie, he would have said that. He was like, "Come on, y'all crazy to think he would have put his hands on me." Like, <laughs> so for him just to be like, "Nah, the facts are wrong," that means it, it's some truth to it. <laughs> Shout out to Casey Mack and the Warren Sports Game Time Group. He said, "Ain't Canadians just as soft as Euros?" Hashtag Tristan Strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tristan, that dude, man. Tristan, you know. I mean, Draymond has been talking a lot, though. Like, he he he's he's really been punking, dude. So I guess Tristan was at the point of no return. He's like, I might be a punk. This might not really be me, but you know, principle is principle at some point. All right, well, whatever. We'll, those do we won't have to see them in the in the finals, you know, boxing each other out and wrestling and stuff anymore. So I guess it's over. Um, some sad news in the world of professional wrestling. Um, it was a bad week last week. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, um, he passed. Brian Christopher Lawler passed. I think it was actually one more name, but I, I don't have that name, so shout out. Yeah, to yeah. Dad. He was one of them old school, um, I think like Memphis wrestlers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we're, not, we're not disrespecting you, but you know, we, we kind of disrespected you, but Rest in peace to whoever you are, the third dude. Um, so Nikolai Volkov, I don't be dating myself, but were you were you around for the Volkov era? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely early in my in my wrestling watching. But I, I remember Nikolai Volkov. I, um, you know, I remember we were supposed to hate him just because he was Russian. Uh, he he right. was like the first one with like with the furry cats before like Wu Tang and them. So. Um, you know, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he did. Right. He did have like the. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Seinfeld fan, so there was an episode on Seinfeld where, where George was rocking the, the rat hat. He was he thought it was a Russian sable joint, but it was made of. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what what term they used, but it was basically a rat hat. Um, Nikolai, <laughs> remember he was uh, tag team partners with the Iron Sheik, and the Iron yeah, Sheik man. used to have the curled up shoes that I used to wonder like like I'd be very afraid to wrestle dude with those shoes on because you end up with a stab wound if, if he if he got out of line and tried to kick you try to go off script a little bit but uh Nikolai Volkov I don't even think he was really Russian but you know my European knowledge is not all that so like how close you know what's up what's the relationship between Russia and Croatia because I think dude was really Croatian but at that time, you know, the Cold War 80s, 
it, that basically sold more as a heel. You know what I'm saying? Because you got the crowd yeah. to actually hate you. So, you know, dude was being hated, and I don't even think he was really a Russian, but he damn sure came out to the national anthem with the flag. Uh-huh. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. that's kind of when, when Trump talks about, like, making America great again, that, that's kind of where he's trying to put us back to. We're like, <laughs> we look at our, all of our enemies are just like these caricatures. Like, yeah, I mean, Iron <laughs> Sheik is, is, is what he looks as, uh, freaking, um, you know, Arab. We got uh-huh. the Russian, Middle they, Eastern, you know, Iranian, and then you got, I guess, like Tito Santana is who he wouldn't want to let across the border. But you know, that's the make eighties wrestling. Yo, all right. So rest in peace to those dudes. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't even yep. get uh, Nikolai Volkov's call to death. I know Brian Christopher Lawler was in jail and yeah. tried to hang himself. When they found him hanging, he was actually still alive, but he died the next day. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It was like a, it was like a failed, but not failed suicide attempt. Yeah, he wasn't even in like for life or anything. Like he had just got arrested a couple like like a week ago, so he wasn't. It wasn't like he he had got sentenced and and it was for life. I, I think he had just really been, you know, going through some bad things. I think. You know, next to or, or even more than football, uh, the CTE and, and wrestling is a real thing. Um, you know, you know, he's um, the son of Jerry the King Lawler too. So, um, you know, that that was all in his all in his his uh, his bloodline to be a wrestler. Um, I think right. he had he had his pressure to live up to be his father. Um, he was definitely he had his moment um, when it was uh, him and, and Scotty Too Hottie. And they had their uh their two cool they're the two white boys that uh that that dress quote unquote urban and uh the one one dude used to do the worm and, and all that. Like they, they definitely had a moment, but um it, it's hard, man. Like 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 Nori said, man, it's hard to be the man on on Monday and go back to being nothing on Wednesday, man. Yeah, shout out to Nori, man. That that album all right. Nori's still, you know you know, he's still just just a dude is just trying to put two words that rhyme together, but it was grown, man. <laughs> like sometimes you're like, no, come on. Man. Like, you just wanted to say that word. It has nothing to do with the sentence you were saying it. <laughs> but but no, nah, it, it's good. To the words don't rhyme at all. Like like Eminem is really good at like changing the way he says a word in order to make, to it, make it, rhyme. it rhyme. Like Nori straight up just mispronounces words. <laughs> yeah. But no, you. But yeah, yeah. It, you're right. It had to be more to this Lawler thing, you know. See, yeah. maybe CTE or something like that. Because, yeah, he he was he was booked on driving under the influence, driving on a revoked license, and evading arrest. Like that's not, you know, I I, I can't be the judge or you know determiner of why you murk yourself, but that doesn't seem like problems that's murk worthy. So. Yeah, you he must have been spiraling from something else. Yeah, so I, yeah, it was definitely he probably it was drugs, but it is very strange that he attempted the suicide and he and he lived through that, and then he was dead the next day. Like he should have been on yeah. some serious suicide watch, where he shouldn't have been alone again, where you could just find him dead later the next day. So I don't yeah. know, man. Something was unless he, you know, he just died a slow suicide death. How do you suffer on a suicide? But 
Yeah. Rest in peace to him. Um, glad B. Austin ain't here though, because he don't care what the reasons are. He don't care what's in your head. He, if you, if you commit suicide, you're automatic coward to him. Coward. <laughs> he don't give you a chance. Like, you're just a coward. So, you could have just lost your wife, your dog, your kids, and he's gonna call you a coward. Um, <laughs> all right. So, in this is crazy news. Your man Blake Griffin has just been ordered to pay two hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars a month in child support for his two Ooh. children. Basically, he's going to be paying over three million dollars a year to you know his four-year-old and two-year-old children by his ex-fiancee Bryn Cameron. Who, if that name sounds familiar, is because she's also the ex of Matt Leinart. So. And I believe she has a child by him as well. So, so Blake's paying for everybody's lifestyle at this point. But um, <clears throat> hey, do like why? Why do you need three million dollars a year, two hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars a month to raise children? That you know, I'm pretty sure he's still in their lives in addition to the child support. So, you know, he's basically just making this woman a millionaire because <laughs> it don't take that yeah, much to raise kids. It's expensive. Yes. Yeah. And it's not even like they were married, so it's not like it's alimony and child support. It's supposed to be just straight child support. I, I have no idea how he could be paying that much a month. Hey, that's, that's crazy. There's not a child in the world that can spend that much a month, period. Like, what are you going to do, buy a new house every month? Like, what, what are, what are you money. doing with money a month, man? <laughs> Yo, that is crazy. Like he could buy, like they could have a house for every month of their lives until they're eighteen. Um, well, she can because that's her money for real, for real. Um, you know, it, man, like we used to hear stories like Diddy and Nas and all of them dudes and think like that's ridiculous. Like this is, yo, first of all, he don't make Diddy money. <laughs> like, how did it come to this? I, I don't know. This, I mean, he definitely got that big contract. Like that big contract yeah. might have been the worst thing that ever happened to him, man. But like he got the big money. He thought he thought he was set. He was going to be in L.A. living his life. Next thing you know, bam, he played, you live in Detroit, and you paying two hundred seventy three. You know how much? You know how many? I know now. He wish he was living in in Texas or Florida or somewhere. You can have a little more of this money. He could own Detroit for $273,000. <laughs> Yo, real talk, something like the Detroit, the Silver Dome sold for something around that maybe like six, seven years ago. Like they they really sold the old dome stadium that the Lions used to pay in for $300,000 or less. And this dude is paying that monthly. He could own a stadium right now. Um yeah, this, this is. He's gonna have to do something, man. This is this is ridiculous, though. And this is, I've never been a part of it, but you know, I hear all the horror stories about the child support system in this country. Um, and I don't care what you make, man. There should never be a story like this. But well, Blake, you know, you laid down with her <laughs> after the other dude laid down with her, so maybe this is on you. <laughs> 
I, I just can't keep thinking about that figure, though, man. I'm like, damn. Damn. This uh, dude Chris Rock say, I ain't saying you should have killed him, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> paying out. Like, if you make $250,000 a year, like, you are Dude. very well off. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> Dude is paying it per month. <laughs> if I made $258,000 a year, all my problems would be solved. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, last thing that happened while you guys were on the grind, and this, you know, was an experiment in hypocrisy. Basically, there was a black dude. This was the same dude who uh, he he founded a New York City-based marketing agency called We Have Stories. This marketing agency represents marginalized groups. Um, he was the dude when Black Panther came out. He made up the Black Panther Challenge, which raised over nine hundred thousand dollars, and they purchased Black Panther movie tickets for members of the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Harlem. Um, I hope he did a little bit more with nine hundred fifty thousand dollars than buy these cats movie tickets. Um, but anyway, he wore <laughs> – he was walking around New York wearing a shirt with a logo that said Caucasian on it. And it was, you know, a logo that played off the the Washington professional football team logo. But instead of the Native American uh, person, and it, it said – the, the white guy in the logo actually looks like uh, Shanahan to me. Um, I think it is because I think when they made these shirts some years back, he was the actual coach of the team. But um, he wore this around New York, and a lot of white people didn't take too kindly to it. But, you know, a lot, you know, th- these are the same people that have no issue with the Redskins, you know, being the name of this team, a Native American being on their logo. Um, some guys actually – one guy, I guess he must have been a Washington football fan, actually screamed to the dude, go Skins. And then when he was like, nah, man, and like showed him the shirt and he saw what was on it, he called the dude an asshole after that. So <laughs> so you were cool saying go racial slur to this dude about another group. <laughs> but when you saw that it was Caucasians, which is not even a derogatory term, then he had a problem with it. Now you know you live in the in the in the DMV area, so you've been privy yeah. to the the fight over this team name and people trying to get it changed. Like, what are your thoughts on the hypocrisy? I'm I'm not even going to ask you if you're surprised because I know there's no surprise in any of this. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, it, it it was just a beautiful example of exactly what what white privilege is because you don't ever get to feel marginalized. And, like, the fact that someone would even attempt to point out something that could possibly make you feel like an other um, automatically becomes this offensive thing, and you can't even relate one-to-one. You can't even see how this would be the same way that somebody Native American would feel about about the name the Redskins, which, as you said, you know, Caucasians isn't a derogatory derogatory term the way that – uh, the way that Redskins are. So, right. It, I mean, because his shirt could have said some things. You know, we got some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He ain't say crack. He ain't say hungry. Right. He ain't say, you know, man, it ain't none of that. It just, Colonizer. it was Caucasian. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, I mean, this is, this is, it just shows that, um, you know, 
when you're when you're in power, um, and and other people have the nerve to even point out any any sort of flaws or, or to make you try to think about things that are um, that that kind of bust you out of your bubble. You you just get upset and don't have to accept it. It's the same thing as the as the the kneeling. I mean, the whole yeah. argument against kneeling is oh, this is my escape. This is this is my time where you know we should. I shouldn't have to think about political things while I'm watching football. But you know, forget the I don't, I don't care if it's your best and biggest platform that you can make a difference. <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> exactly. You ever yeah, infringe on my TV time? Meanwhile. While the anthem's on, they sitting on the couch with a beer. You know? <laughs> like, I, I swear, as many football parties as, as I've had, as I've been to, I've never seen one person, white or black, stand up while they were playing the national anthem. But everybody wants to get involved and have an opinion on, you know, what they're doing now. But um, somebody else, uh, an older white lady, stopped the guy in the street, asked him, "Why would you wear that? It's disrespectful." So he returned a question to her, said, so if I had on the actual team shirt or another team using disrespectful branding, would you have a problem with that? She said no, because that's the logo. So it doesn't matter if the logo is disparaging. They made it the logo, so FOH to everybody else. See, this brings up, this always, like, because we posted this story on our um, Facebook page, and it brings out the same people that always come out when we talk about the whole Redskins and the naming thing, um, and it, 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 it the comments just reek of white privilege. Because one guy, he he did the Daniel Snyder thing where he went and and showed us a poll where ninety percent of the Native Americans polled said that they don't find the term redskin offensive. So I go read the thing that he gave me because you know I'm a critical thinker so. <laughs> I'm not just going to crap on you before I read what you gave me. So I went and looked at the data. First of all, they polled 504 people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, that's a great sample size right there. 504 people, including people from the District of Columbia. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, first of all, all opinions from D.C. can be stricken from the record because they're probably fans of the team and they're biased. You know what I'm saying? But even if you... Even if we polled, you know, hundreds of thousands of Native Americans and you still got a 90-10 split, if 10% of a race of people say that something is offensive, then listen to them. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to say FOH to the other 10 because we got 90% over here that says they're not offended. Well, newsflash, there are lost people in every race. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people in every race who don't either don't know or don't care about their history and can care less about this type of thing. You know, as, as we get farther along in this journey, in this great country of Trump land, a lot of people can care less. You know, not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But, you know, as, as race mixing and all that stuff goes on, I think people start to, you know, dismiss the meaning of some of this. So, like, you got black people running around all the time calling other the n-word that doesn't mean one you know a team of the washington niggas running around with that on their jersey and we're not going to have any problem with it and you might go to you know the, the worst in america where nobody cares about themselves or anything else 
ask those people, and they can be like, man, I don't care what you do. That doesn't speak yeah. to everybody. So, you know, uh, you know, the mentality. I mean, you see, <laughs> you see how the lady said, like, they're not even real people to her. They're, they're just logos. Like, right. no, nah, that's, like, <laughs> that's the logo. I don't have to worry about them being offended. You know, it's just like the, the logo was for the people. <laughs> like, yeah, the hell with them people. Yeah. It's the logo. <laughs> they shouldn't have copied off the logo. Trying to be Native Americans. Like, come on, baby. All right, so that's some of the crazy stuff that happened this week <laughs> while y'all were on the grind. So before we get into the the real sports story of the week, stories of the week, um. I'm going to give a couple of birthday shout-outs. And the birthdays are brought to you by nobody but whoever you claim as your God. <laughs> They're brought to you mm-hmm. by the creator. You know, you got a small business out there and you want to sponsor our birthday segment, feel free to give us a call or hit us on the website, uh, warroomsports.com. Hit the Contact Us button. But it's birthday time. My birthday! Yay! Shout-out to... Grady Sizemore, he turns 36. Uh, Cedric Sabalos, DJ said, he turns 49. Did you know Cedric Sabalos was a DJ? I might have showed you the photo of him DJing. <laughs> I, I think I think <laughs> we did put that in the one time. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm we, were out the, we were out at a, um, a, a, a gala. I don't know if it's pronounced gala or gala because I don't do fly stuff like that often because, you know. I eat at McDonald's like the president. But we were out at a gala <laughs> where you got to pay a lot of money for a plate because it's a fundraiser, of course. Um, ironically, it was for a friend of mine who was opening a school in Los Angeles. And the DJ for his this night was DJ Cedric Sabalos. He rocked the house a little bit, too. So, you know, I'm not mad at him. It's kind of you know, you you chuckle a little bit when you think of a former because you know you think of professional athletes and you just assume that they're all super rich. <laughs> yeah, you know, my man hustling, getting his DJ on, and you know, that might have some money. Could be just a, a hobby and a hustle for him. But you know, shout out to him because he did rock the party and happy birthday on his 49th. Um, Tim Wakefield. Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't he a little too big in the DJ booth though? Like, that he's a small guy. <laughs> <laughs> he it it it, it was kind of you know and it was even it was even more weird when I was up at the DJ booth and took a photo with him because then you really realize like yo I really thought I had game back in high school but yeah I would have been getting my shot blocked at will if I was <laughs> half good enough to make it to the NBA <laughs> like yo this, this dude is like six seven there's dudes in the NBA way bigger than him. But, um, yeah, he, he looked a little funny up there. Um, I don't know if they had, like, an extra tall table. Because I'm sitting here, I got to go back and, and reference the picture to see if, you know, if he had to bend down a whole lot. I think he might have had, like, some some supports under his ones and twos, under the little boxes that hold the ones and twos to make those yeah, taller yeah. so he didn't have to bend down too much. Because DJ okay. would certainly be a back killer for somebody like him. Um, Tim Wakefield is having a birthday and I got 66 years old on this paper, but I know damn well that Tim Wakefield ain't 66 years old. So shout out to him. And however old he is, I'm pretty sure Casey Matt is in the, uh, in the game time group and he can tell us, oh, he is 52 years old. 
he was born in 1966, so I probably just copied that down wrong. Uh, shout out to him anyway. And uh, a rest in peace shout out to Lamar Hunt, former owner of the Kansas, founder of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was born August 2nd, 1932, died on 12, uh, December 13th, 2006. And a special rest in peace shout out to a friend of mine who passed a few months ago. Uh, Danielle Philly Caliente Long. She was, she was a man. She was like the most diehard Philly fan that you would ever meet in your life. Um, she was a big wrestling fan. As a matter of fact, she passed. She she passed out at a wrestling event down in Richmond, just suddenly. This was somebody who documented their whole life on Facebook and. You know, her final photo on Facebook was her sitting at this wrestling match, like talking about how much, how great her boyfriend was for getting her these tickets. But I ain't trying to make this a sad show. She died. Uh, she was born August 2nd, 1978. She died May 29th, 2018. Rest in peace. Shout out to my girl and happy birthday to everybody else that we named. My birthday. All right, so those are your birthday shouts. And real quick, because we're going to talk about Bronny and his school, but you guys can check out our website at warroomsports.com. Just go, look around, do whatever. But if you want to call in and speak with us about uh, this NBA players opening school thing, <laughs> you can call in now. That number to the Digital Extreme Tech hotline is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler at us. All right, and hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. Go ahead, go ahead. My bad. I was sitting here. I was sitting here debating. I was like, should I make an inappropriate joke? But like, I wouldn't be me if I didn't. Um, I was just gonna say rest in peace to Shorty, but it's gonna be a lot of her favorite wrestlers up there with her. You know, when she got there too. So. <laughs> I, I expect nothing <laughs> less. <laughs> I expect nothing my less. My bad. I couldn't. I could. probably getting a nice show up there. Um. You know, your man um, Andre Waters up there, too. She can go tell Jerome what happened this year, bringing it home for Jerome. It's lit up there, as, as the young boys say. Um, there it is. I'm, I'm looking into the chat room right now. Skyview, he's, he, he, he probably did this a long time ago. I'm just now looking. He said another term for rat hair is nutria. And that's exactly oh, the yeah. term that they used on that, that Seinfeld episode. Said boy had a Nutria hat or something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. All right, real quick, fam. Let's talk let's talk money and how much of it you can make betting on sports at my bookie. Um look, if you haven't tried them yet, it's a great time to do so. You can lay down some money on the biggest games in sports. You could join us. And thousands of other degenerate online gamblers placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you're tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout, that's why we urge you to join mybookie. If you win, they pay you fast, no hassles. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting. I still don't know how the hell they do this, but they have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after tip-off. Join now, and mybookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today 
Play, win, and get paid, period. Yo, have you ever in your life been able to bet on something after something's already started? (laughs) Like, not like a prop bet. Not like, yeah, Williams is going to throw four touchdowns in the second quarter (laughs) and and get rich. But how do you bet on something after it starts? That's weird. I don't know, man. They're going to turn me into a gambler. They they know what they're doing though. I'm sure they got the odds all figured out that you know they cover themselves and they like that. All right, so big story of the week: LeBron James opened the I Promise School uh, on Monday in Akron, Ohio, his hometown, and it was a big deal. Um, crazy thing about that: I saw some somebody posted on on our Facebook page. Um about not seeing any coverage on this, saying if LeBron James got arrested, it would be everywhere. But he opens a school and nobody's talking about it. I don't know what cable service this dude had, (laughs) but I couldn't find a channel, sports otherwise, that wasn't about, you know, LeBron James and the I from the school. So I don't know, you know, where where dude was. He must got that Lithuanian cable service that hooked up for him, but um, this, this was everywhere, like got, as it should have been. He like he got his head up Kobe's ass. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> no, no, he was no, because he, he was basically, he was defending LeBron. You know what I mean? Saying, you know, if he got arrested, yeah. it would be everywhere, but he opened up a school and nobody's covering it. I don't know what the world's talking about. Man. Um, But anyway, so this school right now, it's kind of like a partnership between because it's not a charter school. It's like a partnership between them and the Akron public schools. I've seen a lot of arguments online about whether it's unionized or not. I, I don't know all of that. You know, I've never opened a school. I, I don't know about any of that kind of stuff. But right now it's 240 class uh, students. Half of those are third graders. Half of them are fourth graders. Eventually they want it to be K through 12, but they're going to kind of, kind of start in the middle and work their way, you know, around. So um, we, we knew that this was coming. We talked about this before, but now that it's here and you kind of get to see some of the stuff that the school is about and what they're doing for the students, um, what did you think on Monday when, when all the hoopla was going on? Um, I mean, shout out to LeBron, you know, that definitely um, just, just proud of, of what he does, um, the way that he handles himself, the way he makes his moves. Um, you know, what, what dude said was correct. If LeBron got arrested, it would be the biggest news ever. And part of that is because he's been so squeaky clean, you know, mm-hmm. since he was in the national spotlight. I mean, since 16, the biggest scandal he ever had was changing teams. You know what I mean? Like, and he's grown <laughs> national up national with <laughs> And yeah. people still – and, and kids still benefited from that. The kids still yeah. benefited from that. What was it? A million dollars? A million dollars? Yeah, something like that to the to the YMCA or something. Something. Yeah, like the boys. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So um, you, you know he he is I think um a, a really good person uh deep down and somebody that that actually does um does live the way that he talks because there's people that are that are dedicating their lives finding out dirt about this guy and, and he's, he's been able to keep his head 
So, uh, Yo, so yeah, shout out to Vision. The second worst thing he ever did was like say what's up in somebody's DMs. He didn't say nothing incriminating. He just said what's up. <laughs> they trying to get this dude for anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, great moves. It's just, um, it's beautiful to see. I don't know what what they're talking about. I saw all to- all sorts of coverage on it. Um, you know, just shout out to everything that he that that the students are going to benefit from too. I mean, they're getting the um, Every student gets a bike. Uh, they're 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 putting together programs for jobs for the uh, for the parents, free transportation for everybody that uh, that lives within a couple miles of the school. Just there's really just just a lot of benefits. You can tell that he's not just looking at this as a as a school, but he's really taking um, a, a community building approach. To how they're developing the school, and I know a lot of it also is, you know, not we give LeBron all the credit as the figurehead, but it's also, you know, the people that he has around him, and you could tell that he he actually took the time to work with some pretty smart people in order to make this right. happen. Um, you know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about you know him not being the first and everything, but uh, but uh, none of that is, is take away from, from what he's. We'll talk about uh, Jalen you know. saltiness later. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think it does, with him being who he is, I think it does raise the bar for other people, other athletes, other big-name stars and, and things like that. Like uh, Floyd Mayweather, I don't want to hear about your $18 million watch when, you know, you could be opening up schools instead. Like, like it kind of makes not being charitable corny now. You know what I mean? So, so right. I think he's constantly changing the game and, and raising the bar. So much love and respect to him for that. It definitely has because every athlete, every basketball athlete who's considered one of the greatest who hasn't opened up a school got dragged this week. And we'll talk about that in a second as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> am I good? Am I choppy? I'm straight. <laughs> uh, you, you, you chop it a little bit, a little bit. All right. Um, let me, let me switch out in a minute, but. Yeah, like you said, um, it focuses on accelerated learning, uh, provides job assistance for uh, parents, and a little GED program. Um, they got the on-site food bank, um, support students with stress from economic causes, gives every student to escape dangerous parts of town and explore. That could be a little dangerous in itself, though. You find yourself in the, another wrong part of town on a bike, and then it's taken from you in there. How are you gonna get home? <laughs> so yeah, we got to work um, on that one. Also, I think it's also hooked up to his um, to his college program too, where I think every student that graduates is guaranteed to have uh, full paid tuition to uh, to Akron University too. Akron, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big one on. as well. How do you hate on that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and like I said, I've seen. People nitpick at it all week. You know, I've seen people say that just like people with charter schools, like this is exploiting the quote-unquote at-risk, you know, kids for uh, financial and just social gain, you know, just for, for fame and for props and stuff like that. Man, you are sending these people to school. You are sending these people to college. You are giving their parents jobs. There's there's not much to nitpick. Like like I said, I'm not privy to all of the the insides of 
schools and all the stuff that, you know, these people are at city halls all over America arguing about, you know, there could be some issues with that in the building of every school. But when you take it down just to its purest form, like, how can you hate on this? <laughs> I, I, I don't get it as well. Um all right, so let's let's get to to Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose, he opened uh, his charter school in Detroit back in 2011. So he went on. What's the show that he's on? Uh, I get mixed up with all of these. Wake up, get up. Shows that I don't watch. Yeah, on that. <laughs> Greeny and them. Uh, you know, he got on and and had a little diatribe. He was. You know, he seemed congratulatory of LeBron, but at the same time, there was a little saltiness in his tone that came through because there was a lot, a whole lot of hoopla about the I Promise School on Monday. And I think he might be a little bit salty because, you know, he's been there, done this, and never got the same kind of uh, hype, the same kind of excitement but you you kind of got to understand in this situation, like he's LeBron James, you're Jalen Rose. That doesn't make you any less of a human being. You're great, and both of you should be applauded. But come on, if LeBron, you know, has to go to the bathroom in the middle of a game, that's going to be a story on SportsCenter for the next week and a half. So you kind of have to understand. Um, and he made, you know, he made an analogy himself. When he was explaining this to Greenberg and them, he was talking about the guy who invented the moonwalk versus Michael Jackson who popularized it. So he gets it, but while he was giving these analogies and you know trying to let us know that he gets it, he still sounded a little bit salty. And, that, and that's human nature, man. You know, you do something first, yeah. and you've been doing it, and then somebody else comes along and they do it for literally – you know, a third of a day <laughs> because the hype was on and the first school day wasn't even over yet. So it's human nature to feel a little salty, but I think it was kind of bad taste for him to go on national television and show us his saltiness in any way whatsoever because this, this deserves praise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, shout out to JRLA. Uh, but but at the end of the day, like, Jalen knows that he's not who LeBron is. Like, it's always going to be bigger when LeBron does something. So, um, yeah. and I think Jalen um, had just actually left um, Clutch to go with uh, go with Rock Nation and stuff like that. So, it might be a little bit of bitterness. He might feel like maybe, you know, they stole a little bit of his ideas and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, so, so, we'll see. I mean, but, but. I think even Jalen, even through the hate, he was still acknowledging and and and, and big up, yeah. giving big up. I mean, because LeBron's been here as well. You know, he was mad. They were mad a few months ago about Alabama and the, the whole barbershop series thing. But that's, that's yeah. still different. You know, that's a podcast versus helping out kids in the community. So, you know, what I'm saying any human nature feelings that you might feel about this. You got to keep that under wraps. This is actually good for Jalen Rose, though, because in the thousand arguments that I saw about this whole thing throughout the week, there were several people out there who didn't even know that Jalen Rose did this. So this gives him this gives him publicity now. Um, mm-hmm. But then on the same token, I guess if he wouldn't have went on the TV crying a little bit salty, then people still wouldn't know <laughs> if he would have just kept quiet. <laughs> They're like, nobody would have been 
Jalen Rose did this too. You know, I think the people who were caping for Jalen all week, they probably didn't even know Jalen got on TV crying. So, you know, it, it's not – I give shout-outs to both dudes. David Robinson as well. Um, Pitbull, he's not a an athlete, but he has a school. Diddy. You know, it's, it's a lot of people who, who have done it. But Clutch and Man. LeBron, you know how they are. They They take stuff and they take it to the next level. And uh-huh. the list of amenities, you know, it sounds next level, but we'll see where it goes. I, I hope and pray that they get, you know, all the success in this that they 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 setting out to get. Um, uh, uh, shout out, shout out to Ivy Lee and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Green, man. They no doubt, they did this way back in the day. You know what I mean, we products of that. Yeah. I promise, can't be better than the least, but you know, we still <laughs> wish them well. We still wish them well. <laughs> I mean, Leaf tried to make us militant. <laughs> he tried to make us angry. <laughs> Sent us out into the world with attitudes. All right, we got some some calls on the line. Let's take some calls. We got the homie Rob out in Cali. He had some opinions on this earlier in the week as well. Rob, what's going on, good brother? You're in the war room. Hey, what's up? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can hear yeah, you. What's up, Rob? What's your Yo, thoughts what's on up, all this man? school stuff with LeBron and Jalen and all this stuff? What's up, man? It's your boy Rob, a.k.a. Oh, Yo, take them to school, but don't call me Dr. J. You know? Yo, but anyways, man. Yo, how y'all doing, how man? Talking? How y'all doing tonight? Pretty good, man. We're just talking about talking about these sports social issues. And we know you, you, know, you were on um, – Posted something on the War Room Sports Facebook page asking, like, where was all of this publicity when Jalen Rose uh, opened his school in 2011? And a lot of people jumped on you for that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you still have you with the level of publicity versus, you know, the Jalen got for doing it? I mean, I, I mean, I was – people people miss because, first of all, it was a bronze sexual with Kurt – this is one broad was, section where I can't. It was misquoted. It, 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 it's not misquoted. It's like it's it's like Nas said, "I made you look. You're slave to my page and my rhyme book." They they don't understand that I was talking about the media. It had nothing to do with LeBron James opening a school, you know. Right. And it speaks it speaks <clears throat> to the value. It, you know, I'm getting an argument with a guy talking about oh join this stuff here, join this stuff there, you know, and but I'm just like, you know, it's 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 when it comes to investing in your community and and th- and, th- and and things like that, certain athletes are conditioned to do that and certain athletes are not conditioned to do that. They're conditioned to maintain the status quo. If they are investing in their community, they're investing in a charity so they're just basically investing in themselves because, as we know, they're just investing for tax write-off. Well, LeBron James is doing, Jalen Rose, and um, I can go, you know, war done, you know, building houses. As people remember, he built a house for, um, what's that dude's name, David uh, Deshaun Watson, you know. Uh, it, dude. It, David it, Robinson, Dikembe Mutombo is probably the most philanthropic dude on planet Earth. <laughs> We'll be building yeah, hospitals. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's building hospitals and getting yams at the same time. Like, come on, man. He's, yeah. he's living the life. <laughs> living the life, you know. But but 
but it's 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 just a. It's just that I I just I, I just point out the media's hype, and I don't think that we should look at it, it even though like certain times we look at stuff or like what this person's doing, what that person's doing. I think we should just celebrate the athletes that are contributing instead of looking at athletes that don't contribute. Now, now to, to, uh, at certain times, like now there are times where I'm like, you know what, I will I will. I would I would um choose a pair of Starberries over over a pair of Big Baller brand or Jordans. Why? Because you know I understand the values in that, the value of us that farm Marbury. You know, because you know my my pops went to school with his pops and. You know, did you just put Big re- Baller brand on the other side of the spectrum though? Like, did you, <laughs> you just put Big Baller brand up there with yeah, Unc? Get some respect in these streets. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not going to respect it. I mean, for for me, I choose community over everything. Like, 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 black folks, Scott, Scott, and especially with their politics and with their money, don't support. But especially with your politics, don't support black folks that doesn't contribute to black folks. You know what I'm saying? You know what right. I'm saying? Like that, 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 that doesn't. No, but when you when you posted that, I got exactly what you were saying. I mean, that's why I put my two cents in. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, what the homie Phil Matic from the Tissue and the Tape podcast always says to me, why ask why when you know why? <laughs> Period. It's LeBron James, and the other people who open schools are the other people who open schools in comparison to who he is. So, you know, the media is going to do that. And then, you know, you got to also think – LeBron and his crew, they know what they're doing. So I'm pretty sure, you know, they they engineered some of this buzz. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they did a couple of sit-downs. Uh, he, I saw him do at least four or five interviews with that suit on on Monday. So, you know, <laughs> LeBron knew. Yeah, you know, you got to engineer some buzz sometimes. You know, if Jalen wants that, you know, if you want, if, if he wants props, you know what I'm saying? Because he is Jalen Rose. You know, he's not LeBron James, but he's Jalen Rose. If Jalen Rose says, I want to do this grand media tour so everybody knows what I'm doing, he still has enough pull to do that. I mean, he works at ESPN, for God's sake. He he has enough pull to be able to do that. So, you know, most philanthropic efforts should really go without you searching for kudos and pats on your back anyway. But if yeah. you want them, and, you know, you, you may not be LeBron, but you're still Jalen Rose. Go out there and, and make it happen. They're not going to say, uh, you know, Good Morning America is not going to say, no, Jalen Rose, we don't want to have you on for five minutes to talk about your school. They're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but like you well, said, while, we, while we crying for Jalen, Jalen should have did something about it. Like you said, but, 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 today, though, like, greatest gift is anonymous to anonymous, you dig? Like, he, right. he, it didn't be about exactly. who did it first. It's about helping all these kids. Right. Exactly. Like I was yeah. uh, like shout shout out to Vince Stass from Philly. You know he he's been trying to uh, or been or been you know talking about bringing issues of renovating parks and parks getting closed down and trying to trying to start bas- a game between uh, a basketball game between the community and the police officers. You know, um, he's been he he's been doing that, and I remember I remember he threw some shade to Counter Bar when when he's 
when Connor Barwin was helping renovate parks, you know, when he was in Philly, and he was and he was like, yeah, yeah, but I ain't getting no recognition. But and, and and you know, some things is some things is human nature. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Good, I mean, if if you just if you're a cat, a good cat from the streets that's trying to do something, you know, what you may do, what you do may go unnoticed in the in the big scheme of things in the national media. You know, the people that you're helping are going to know exactly what you're doing, which is the most important thing out of all of it, you know, versus you being a linebacker on the city's local team. You know, he's going to be on the news for anything that he does. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there in the streets doing what Malcolm Jenkins does, doing what Chris Long does, doing what Connor Barwin did. But, hey, you've got to understand, you know, your place and, and society, as far as fame is concerned, it's going to be different for those dudes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, I want, I want to say these quick things. Yeah, like people, like, but, like, like uh, Chris, Chris Weber said one time. He said Dennis Rodman helped me give me my first job when he was in Detroit. You know, but, but, but I, I want, I want, I want to say these two quick things. I want to ask, ask y'all a question, but I'll say these two quick things. First of all, the lady, the lady Weber said that. Whoever was complaining about LeBron James and the WNBA women getting paid, I just want to say that the lady's out her mind. You know, stay get get off the cocaine. The WNBA woman will never be as paid as NBA players. I'm sorry, it's just how it is. I love Skyler Skyler Dickens is fine, Maya Moore, and yes, one time and my friends always find me on this. One time I did say Brittany Granger looked good because the camera's out of uh, an angle. But you know what, what? I'm saying? <laughs> I said that. Uh. Bro, yes, I, I did. Yes. Is that why you be taking up for EJ all the time, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you be killing us, about man. woman compared to a man. Nice try, though. Nice try. A, a tall sure. one, well, too tall. Brittany Griner. But, but yo, you see that chest? But but but, but I do want to say. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 I do want to ask. Going on there, brother. I do. I do want to ask y'all this. Y'all never been with a tall chick before, but anyways, man, yo. Um. Uh, I, I do want to ask y'all this. What uh, uh, I want to be off the time in once because he's been quiet. What do you What do you like about Carson Wentz, and what do you think that What would you like to see him improve? And that's all I have to say. Or 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 does he just need to be consistent? That's all I have to say, man. Um, y'all have a Y'all have a wonderful day. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna stay here and be quiet and listen to y'all. All right, yeah, well, well, we you can take the answer offline. Uh, Hank, you want to take that first? What do you like about Carson Wentz, and what does he need um, to improve? Need to improve I mean, his damn knee. Yeah, that, that's that's really what it is. He just needs to have a healthy ACL because when he went down last year, he was the clear MVP of the league. So it's right. not really do much more he he can do. Um, you know, I thought his decision-making really took a big step up last year. Um, his long ball looked good. He actually had receivers that were making catches. Um, right. I mean, maybe getting rid of the ball a little quicker because he does um, hold the ball and try to make sure th- make things happen in the pocket. But when he did that last year, he made some spectacular things. So, uh, yeah, help. Help is all, all I really need to see, man. I was about to say, that's, like, if there's any criticism, like, I don't even want to be sitting here, like, touting the dude like he's perfect, but that's really all I could think of as well. Like, you know, that could be an improvement of most quarterbacks. Get the ball out quicker so you won't get, 
hammer time back there. But like you said, last year was different because that was really that was a big criticism of mine in his rookie year. But from his rookie year to last year, it seems like the the offensive line, the pass blocking was so much improved. Like it wasn't a big deal <laughs> that he was back there holding the ball because they were allowing it to happen. And then with the fact, like you said, that he could move around and make things happen as well, like he had all day to to make plays last year. So maybe if there's something that we can nitpick is to not get into that habit, you know, because the line is not always going to be that devastating. And, you know, we all, we already know your knee is not the same as it was. So maybe, you know, if there's something for him to work on in camp, it's the three, five-step drop, get rid of the ball, Live to see another play. Um, since you know, don't don't go down the RG three path where you're just gonna beat up the body until they think you can't play no more. So yeah, not perfect, but we making him sound perfect because we can't really find a flaw in the dude. I mean, yeah, like you said, he was MVP front runner, and the team just won the damn Super Bowl. I I, I just I'm just not in criticism mode. <laughs> it's gonna be a while, man. <laughs> like I've never been just a blind homer, but I'm just not in nitpick criticism mode right now. All right, so back to this school thing. We had Tobias on the line. He hung up. Uh he probably at work trying to sneak in the hallway to give us a call. Call us back, Tobias. Yeah. I was about to get to the line, but you know, Rob took your time. Um so Skyview in the chat room, he was saying Braylon Edwards, Jalen Rose, Doctor Dre the list could go on and on. And Michael Jordan has been quietly sending kids to college for a minute now as well. Um, and he also said Hank needed to pause that long ball. <laughs> he used to hear him B and Jimmy on here. They would have got you for that. But, um, <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> no, Michael Jordan is a name that came up a lot this week as well because this is the – I don't know. We have this habit in society. Like anytime we're praising somebody, we got to take somebody – and just destroy them. So, you know, we've always talked about what we thought of Michael Jordan as a human being. And actually, as of late, like, I've been starting to see that in a whole different light. Because, um, first of all, he's been doing a lot in the past few years. So, you know, maybe Mike was just so obsessed with his craft at the time that, you know, nothing else really mattered to him except for, you know, I got these money managers, throw some money on this charity, throw some money on that charity, say it's in my name, make it look good. But never really got involved, involved with stuff. But, you know, over the past few years, Mike has given $7 million for clinics in, in Charlotte, $2 million to uh, that organization um, that's trying to bridge the – trying to figure out police violence against black people. Um, you know, he, he has some stuff on his resume as of late – but this is this is how I look at what we all may think of Mike and you know maybe some of us used to think of Mike. Like think about being the first one with that kind of power. You know, we had people before him, we had the Muhammad Ali's, the Jim Browns and all those kind of people, but we've never seen brands at least in the NBA, in sports in general, at least American sports like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So picture being the first of the LeBron James ilk where you've gotten to a point just by bouncing a damn basketball where everybody hangs on your every word, 
whatever you say people will do. Um, the money is crazy and out of control. You basically can, you know, do anything, control anything. Being the first of that can't be easy. You know what I'm saying? We praise LeBron for great reason, but LeBron also got a chance to sit back, watch Jordan build his brand and his empire, also watch Michael Jordan make mistakes and get criticized for not being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, guys that had less to lose than him. You know what I'm saying? And 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 now we adore LeBron for it, but I think that's just that's just natural, you know, human evolution. Like we always get to, you know, quote unquote sit on the show, stand on the shoulders of giants. Like a lot of us do things in life because we got to see somebody else do it. We got to see the mistakes that they made and we basically rode around those mistakes because we saw what happened to that person, we saw the you know, the the response, and we were able to avoid that. So, you know, I think Michael Jordan, the good or the bad of Michael Jordan, has a lot to do with what LeBron James is showing us right now. And that's how it's supposed to be, on the court and off the court. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think we also criticize Mike a lot for, you know, apparently not being, being vocal or, or people talk about the – the comment that he may or may not have said about, you know, Republicans uh, buy sneakers too. Um, right. But I think we always look, because we were kids, I think we always look at Mike as being this fully formed adult throughout his career too. Right. But he was young. Like, dog, am I 20? I wasn't really that, <laughs> that focused on helping the community. And, you know, I probably right. would have been worried about buying, you know, bad suits and, and bad jewelry. Um instead of giving money and, and starting schools and all these sorts of things. So, so yeah, he was, he was focused on his, himself. But most 20-year-olds, you know, early 30-year-old people are focused on themselves. Uh, I think in his older That's the age, thing. We get to be a little older and look at these guys, and now we're like, exactly. oh, you to give if back. I had that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I think LeBron, again, is a, is a, is a different breed. And like you said, he did get to get the benefit of seeing these other moves and then, you know, figuring out, okay, th- this is what's important to me. Um, I-, I think also Michael Jordan's situation was a little different too. I mean, he grew up um, in-, in the South. Um, right. He, had, he wasn't in the, he wasn't the in bitter that, hood. Exactly, exactly. He wasn't in that area where, he, you know, being you were praised for being outspoken or – or people were, you know, as as uh, as woke as you know people tend to be in urban areas. Um, and then and then yeah, he, he had the two parent household. He had he had yeah. you know the strong male influence. So hey. you know, he had a basketball hoop in the backyard. Like, you know, exactly. That ain't the same exactly. struggle. <laughs> exactly. So he doesn't. He he probably never missed a hundred days of school in his life. Whereas LeBron said he missed a hundred days of, over a hundred days of school in fourth grade. You know what I mean? So, right. so glorious. So it's a little different. It's a little different. So we do give him a bad rap. Um, you know, like I'm glad to see that he's doing he's doing more. Uh, and again, it, it is funny how it's just a constant battle. Like anything LeBron does is going to get compared to Mike. <laughs> Mike compete right. No matter what it is. And for me, it's like, look, better better late than never. You know what I'm saying? I think 
once we once we give somebody a certain stigma, like we kind of want to see it continue, so we can keep using the same criticisms. Like you said, Mike may not even have said the Republicans buy shoes thing, because Sam Smith, when you back him down about it now and ask him about the quote that he put in that book, you know his account of it has changed. Like he wrote it in the book as if Mike said it to him, as he heard it firsthand. Then years later, he got back down about it. He said, well, an unnamed friend of Michael Jordan said that he said it in a conversation when being asked about a, you know, Michael Jordan helping out with an election in 1990. And now when you ask him about it, he don't even want to talk about it. He's like, look, man, I said what I said. <laughs> it's in the book, you know, and he kind of feels bad that it's dog Michael Jordan for the entirety of his career and his life. Another thing that we keep hearing about, and I heard about it several times this week, was Michael Jordan investing in prisons, uh, which is uh, also a myth that's 100% untrue because they're mistaking him with the white dude, the state's chief administrator, well, former state's chief administrator in Oregon. Um, people also keep referring to this dude as a governor. I wasn't, I'm not sure if he was actually the governor or not, but either way, he was a politician in Oregon white guy named Michael Jordan who invests in the prison industrial complex. But the thing is, once, like, I, like I said, once people want to stick something on you, especially if they have ill personal feelings towards you, no matter what proof that you show them that it's untrue, like, nah, this is what it is. <laughs> they don't care what you say. Like, and, this would, and that's what kills me. One of my biggest pet peeves is the fact that we live in the information era right now. Everybody has smartphones, so basically – Information is at your fingertips, literally, but people rather just go out and spew dumb stuff out of their mouths, you know, and, and act like it's factual instead of, you know, checking up on some of the stuff that you hear, some of the stuff that, you, that you're going to repeat. Like, you know, Google, instead of looking like an idiot. Some people are too prideful for Google. I Google in a New York minute. Like, that sounds kind of crazy. But it could be true. Let me do some research on it. But um, we got Tobias back on the line. Let's get to his call before his, uh, Jerry Jones or somebody come snatch him up. <laughs> Tobias, what's you going on, this, brother? What's going on? You know, I got to make sure I find the right place and time to call you guys, you know, because I don't want to take, take, take the joy away from white people, you know. Uh, but... <laughs> No, but What's I saw on, you know, people? I saw you I saw you hang up when Rob was on the line. You're like, All right, when Rob get on the phone, it's gonna be a minute. So let me let me hang up and call back. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I this LeBron thing, right? This LeBron thing, right? This is right. People say people hate LeBron. No. People hate LeBron fans. That's who people hate. <laughs> my thing is people, it is great because that's his my lady was talking about this over dinner, right? And um, mm-hmm. she was talking about, like, it's his calling. Michael Jordan grew up in the Burbs, two-story house in the Burbs. So he didn't have that problem with going to the poor school in the hood. But then again, LeBron went to private school when he, when he was able to dribble the ball, which most black kids from the hood end up doing when they find out they got a little athletic prowess. The white people find out. But the thing is, I looked on the Facebook watch video by, like, Jalen Rose was talking about. There was, a, there was a young black girl who graduated from that school. And people were still attacking her. So he still hate. And she was just like, hey, there's different challenges because at a charter school, they had they get no government funding. So they had to do fundraisers just to go to the damn prom. 
and their graduations over those. Wow, like LeBron will have a terrible thing. This is a public school. You still don't get those government funding and stuff. And in, right. and in my opinion, yes, that's great that these guys want to do this stuff, but this is still the responsibility of government. We get more upset at athletes not doing what the government should be doing. And that just gets me every <laughs> single time. That's true. So LeBron opening up this school, let Uncle Sam and them off the hook. And got Kobe and Mike getting dragged all week. <laughs> because they ain't hey, up a hey, hey, you know what I did? Hey, I went on Twitter. I, I found Fat Lever. I'm like, where your school at, dude? The thing is, the crazy part about this is, you know, people are, are getting trashed for, you know, for not doing anything and not having a school. Like, because this is like, it sounds funny, but I've actually, I actually saw people you know, asking like you know, Michael, why Michael Jordan ain't got no school? Why Kobe ain't got no school? Like it's really that specific. But the thing is, now when these guys or when guys come after LeBron and do it, those same people are gonna be like, oh, he only doing this because LeBron did it. <laughs> like, like no, it, if you don't like somebody, it, you're just never gonna give them props. You know, shout out to Skip Bayless. <laughs> And all those kind of dudes. Like, if you don't like somebody, you just—it's going to be hard for you to give them props, no matter what they do. So, you know, now is why they're not doing nothing. Why they're not giving back? And as soon as they go out and do one, you know, Kobe going to get his L.A. charter school on. Mike going to make a charter school somewhere, and they're going to be like, man, they only doing this because LeBron did it. It ain't the same. Those same people, those same people criticizing, wouldn't give two nickels to help out schools in their own. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But exactly. They probably yeah, never probably. gave back to their own school. <laughs> oh, better yeah, they probably yeah, got a pair of Air Jordans on their feet right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a question I asked y'all earlier in the um in the in the group. I'm like, how many of these people dragging Mike all week probably stand in line for his shoes? Santa Sharp does. <laughs> like I'm I'm defending the dude, and I don't stand in line for no Jordans, like. It's, it's, you know, it kills me though. It's that, and it's like, it seems like people. Are, oh, he's a fan of mine. Like he's a good dude. He's supposed to be a good guy. He is a, good, you know. They they list as like, well, he never got in trouble. Well, he's not supposed to go to jail. Uh, well, well, he don't have no side babies. But let's be honest here, guys. Savannah know what the deal is. A lot of this stuff goes on. Just don't embarrass me. Don't be Nick Young around here. Uh, well, you know, thing, you know that's us. We we get props for doing stuff we're supposed to do. You know, how many yeah. times and it's people like, be praising me because I'm sitting at home with my kids? I'm like, well, they're my kids. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He married at high school. So that's great. Oh yeah. By the yeah. way, Jalen Rose might not want to talk about the school now because he married a non-black woman. So you already know that enrollment's going to drop pretty soon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, we know how that turns out. But but the part that kills me is that all these people are getting trashed. There's a lot of people who donate money who don't want to be the face of it. They just want to drop their dollars and let somebody else handle it. That doesn't mean they ain't doing nothing. It may not be and, what and, you want and to do. I actually, I had that conversation with somebody earlier in the week as well because it was the Michael Jordan thing. They, you know, they kept saying Mike doesn't do anything. So, you know, I kept going to the internet and posting links at stuff that Michael Jordan was doing. So because they were on that wavelength, anything I posted, you know, they found a reason to crap on it. Well, 
whatever. He's just th- giving money. He's not saying nothing and this and that. I'm like, okay, well, that's all well and good. We want people to speak out. Even though, really, if I'm being 100% honest, half the time these athletes actually use words <laughs> and speak out about something, like, they don't really sound too well-versed. And that's that's LeBron included. You know, the the one time with the Tamir Rice thing, he said he didn't have all the information. And and the largest thing on that's probably the that. best thing for him to say because you know a lot of times they say stuff, and people they just people just want you to say something so you can be the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but you might not sound too intelligent saying it. So I told this person like you kind of sound like those people who claim I understand you know, that the people in the NFL are kneeling for social injustice or whatever, but I would have done it differently. You can do it differently. You don't need to do it during the national anthem. The person was mad offended that I told him that. They started using the words, oh, you're going to say that I sound like, that, that I'm like the oppressor? I say you're like them. I said right now you're sounding like the oppressor, if that's the word we're using, because I never used that word. You did. You are sounding like them because we get mad at them when they tell us, well, you know, it's okay to be upset, but you should have done this differently. Okay, if this person decides I'm going to give $7 million of my hard-earned money to a cause, that's not enough money for you, or because my $7 million didn't come with a I have a dream speech, you're doing the same thing as them. You're telling me how I should have given my time, my money, and and how I should care about these, these situations. So it's like, don't get offended. You know, you know what? Just telling and you how you sound right like, now. Uh, and you know, uh, and the thing is, like Michael Jordan, in his time in Washington and Charlotte, he gave plenty of bad black coaches a shot. The coaching, they weren't successful, but he gave them a shot. And and we got a lot of white coaches keep getting chance after chance after chance. Frank Vogel, for even, example. It's not even coach. It's not even just coaches though. Like that's another thing that you know, Michael Jordan doesn't get props for. But, you know, he ain't on his jailing. He's not jumping on TV crying about it. We we kill Mike. and I still kill Mike about being, like, a bad team president when that was his title and a bad team owner now that that's his title. But the fact is, Michael Jordan employs a lot of black people in these, you know, in the organization. And, you know, they're failing – so in the bigger scheme of things, we kind of bashing our own people. I mean, when we're in this business, we got to keep it real. Like, if y'all suck, y'all suck. But for the people out there who act like he doesn't do anything, but then on the other end, want to bash everything he does, like, look, his brain trust is a lot of black people. You can look at a lot of people that's talking that woke stuff, and you can look into their companies and see a whole lot of white faces. You know what I'm saying? You saw that photo Title. of Will Smith and his production company. <laughs> Will and Jada were like the only black people in the room. Uh, Jay-Z over at Title. Like Jay and Beyonce was the only black people in the photo. But Mike, <laughs> you know, he hiring all these black dudes. They might not be that great at what they do, but he's empowering hey, a lot of people, giving them roles and giving them money. Hey, there. The Chicago <laughs> yeah. Bulls got a lot of white people organization, and they stink, too. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, I, and I'm a fan. Uh, he had, to, so he had I, to keep me even on that. Yeah, and see, the thing is, I hate when people say these players are political. 
If all you got to say is F Donald Trump or Donald Trump's a racist, you ain't political. That's just saying what everybody else is saying. If you ain't out here saying, hey, this is what the black community needs, you know, this is what we need, you ain't political. And I'll just call it what it is because I believe, and I know the bronze sexuals, like the one posting your page all the time in War Room Sports, go get mad at me for saying this. The Democrats are going to use LeBron to get black folks out there to vote for for whatever crap candidate they have in 2020. They, they gonna well, I, heard, well, I heard LeBron. I heard LeBron might be running in 2020. He'll be a fool uh, to do it. Business Business Insider actually ran an article talking about LeBron James being the next president. I'm man, like, man, you know. man! The Lakers sound like like, like it's after school <laughs> job right now. But 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 guys, I'll let y'all go at this. I'll say this real quick about that Prescott. No matter no matter how many white women you date that, you're Uncle black. Dacus. <laughs> yes. Uncle Dacus. And here's the thing and here's the thing, Dak. Remember Dacky? That Des Bryant was last year was talking about he had a family to feed, he was staying. They still cut his ass when he fact they were no he was no more good to them anymore. And they mm-hmm. talked about him like a dog. Just remember that, Dak, why he out there wanna tow that company line. You don't have to say, you know, I don't even care if you stand or not, but don't dismiss what people like Kaepernick or Eric Reed risked their careers over to bring highlight to a subject, especially in a part of the country where he's from. He's from Louisiana, where Alton Sterling had his chest blown out on camera. They were past the risk. They ended their careers for And, And you know what? I'll say this. Hey, Dak. I bet Alton Sterling, I bet he would love to tow the cops. Can you shoot my chest out at a better time? I want to at least say bottom my kids first. But but well, look, Tobias, that before we get you out of here, they, you, brought up, you brought up Jalen's wife. Skyview in the chat room said, after seeing Jalen's wife, I ain't saying that it's right, but I understand. <laughs> hey, all, all right. I got to say, I bet Jalen Rose, Rose won't go on first take talking about man's lawyers' options anymore. But anyway, <laughs> you guys right, have a good one. you, man. Thanks for all your right, call. <laughs> Tobias be hype, you know. <laughs> He's like, I admit I piss off any white people. Right, they probably <laughs> listening to your ass. You better stop playing. All right. So, so yeah, man, uh, a lot of stuff around the the, the whole school thing. Um, just want to get into a few more things because we're way behind on time. But your, your man, Dwight Howard, why is he always talking? I mean, first it was like a, a week or two ago when he put that little tweet about his journey through the league and had all of these corny metaphors and all that kind of stuff. Now he's in an interview um, in Washington talking about how the Warriors called him, but and he thought about the Warriors, but when John Wall reached reached out to him, I mean, he was saying John Wall like John was Mike. Like when, when John Wall call you, <laughs> you gotta listen. So let me hear some of his <laughs> some of his quotes on this whole thing. He said, um, Golden State called and I thought about them, but once John sent me that message, I was like, Man, I couldn't tell him at first, but I was like, Man, I'm gonna be a wizard. That was my mindset. So <laughs> how much of this is like F O H Dwight? Because, you know, we 
even speculated ourselves once he got the buyout that Golden State might be, you know, a fit for him. It might be somewhere that he may end up. So in my eyes, and I wasn't there, so I'm just speculating. In my eyes, there's no doubt that there was a conversation. But but what I doubt is there was any kind of offer. Like you spurned them to go because John Wall hit you up and said, come play with me. That was that. That's what I thought. You know, that's what I. <laughs> I don't believe. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. He, he's talking about <laughs> being the Wizards or like the, the Lakers or the Yankees. Like, even people on the Wizards don't want to be a Wizard. Like, what, what are you talking about, man? Uh, like, at the end of the day, the Westbrook has story. He's still the same kid that came into the league that just wants attention, and you know, it's just this. This silly, immature, little little brat, man. Like I, I just, I've never liked the White House, man. And maybe part of it is my stack bias, you know. Stupid <laughs> man, he did just come still. I just take somebody's moniker, like, come on, God. <laughs> he, he just, it's weird because because Shaq was way next level with it. Like I, I've been like at Staples Center drawing mad early. <laughs> because I was just excited to be out there and going to a Lakers game. I've seen Shaq drive up to the Staples Center in a Mercedes Benz that was all re engineered with a giant Superman symbol on the front instead of a Benz symbol. Like, Shaq was next level with this. If you used to look at some of those old articles, this dude had Superman symbols like in his shower, his his giant bed, the, the comforter had a Superman symbol. I mean, this is probably why Shiny divorced him. He was a big ass kid. <laughs> But um, like when somebody's that deep in with it, like, and and I know Shaq had sixty million nicknames because he gave him one, gave himself one after every game and every situation. But how do you just come in the league and just take that? Like I wouldn't have liked him if I was Shaq either. Yep. I mean exactly. I don't know Jalen stuff, but <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, and, and it's just yeah. like he's always been somebody that that just can't figure out how to shut his Shut his damn mouth, man. You know, he, he could right. have been a much more successful player if he was able to figure out the mental aspect of being a professional right. basketball player. And, and, not a, and for how playful he always seemed and how he was always smiling, like, yeah. teammates be acting, you know, they be throwing parades when this dude leaves town. <laughs> like, he must yeah. really be an asshole behind closed doors. Nobody likes him. Nobody. Not even his baby moms. But, um... Yeah. Here's some more. Like he was real excited and trying to sell this. <laughs> he started out the interview saying, "Shout out to John for reaching out to me and asking me for about joining his team." He was like, "No lie. When I saw the message on Instagram, I really got so happy. I was like, John just DM me. Oh man, this is crazy. After that, I really just started to put on my thinking cap. I just thought about all the possibilities. I was like, man, this could be the best spot for me. All right, one." Sounds like a John movie. Wall DMs you, not Jesus Wall. Two, <laughs> what possibilities are is he talking about, Hank? What possibilities? <laughs> Third seed in the East, fourth seed in the, the East, second round. Second round. <laughs> what possibilities are we talking about here? I mean, no, but he LeBron like, James he like leaving the up. East doesn't necessarily open the door for the Wizards to step in. No. And but not we could be wrong, playing. you know. We could be wrong. Nah, I don't know, man. 
Nobody said, on this oh, team like each other. When I saw a DM from from John Wall, like you know how many girls <laughs> in DC then had that same feeling. <laughs> I groupie DM'd you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like you're right. There's a lot of chicks that said, well, "I got the same DM." What you talking about? <laughs> he asked me to join his team a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the way tripping, man. All right, man. So crazy bull. <laughs> um, real quick, Urban Meyer. He's been placed on paid administrative leave on allegations that he knew that his assistant coach was laying the domestic abuse game down on his wife. Um, Without even jumping into all the details, because I'm pretty sure in the coming days, Fred Perdue is going to jump on one of these podcasts and give everybody the details. But is this something that you – because people are really thinking that Urban Meyer, you know, one of the great coaches in college football, is about to get fired over this. Like, have we gone too far as a society that – this, you know, people are going to lose their jobs because somebody else that you employed was, you know, to, you know, doing domestic violence on his wife. Like, is that too far, or is it is it his duty, you know, as the boss, for if he hears something like this, that he has to to jump to action? Like, real question. I don't know these days because it's it's like a gray area yeah. for me. So, I mean, originally, I, I was in the camp where I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, if something happened to me at my job, you know, like like you saw in the chat, man, the other day, I had a, I had a little slip and fall. I bust my lip all crazy. You know, nobody at my job, like, felt the need to, like, report that I might be the victim of a domestic violence issue. Um, I wasn't about that. Um, <laughs> Your wife had laid hands on you, but yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but apparently, uh, according to um, according to some of the articles and uh, and um, you know information I've been getting, he was required contractually and by the uh, by the bylaws of the school to report any sort of um, issues like that that are brought to him. So um, okay. yeah, well, he had to do, yeah, he had the duty to do that. So. Um, so I don't know how basically, so he about to fall on his sword because uh, basically because he was probably being a little too loyal to his assistant coach. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I don't try to get involved in anybody's domestic issues, you know. So I I wouldn't necessarily be jumping to to go, you know, report things and all that. Right. But um, but yeah, if it comes down to uh, she has proof that he knew about it. He, he got to go, man. He has to go. So it probably, and and I would I would imagine that it was loyalty. You're gonna have a lot of people to say, you know, this is just another example. They care more about winning than this and that. But this this was a wide receivers coach. Like I'm pretty sure Ohio State could stay at the level they are if they lose their wide receivers coach. Um, I'm trying to think right now, like what banging wide receivers have they produced and. And I could, you know, I'm off the top of the head. I might not know that that might be something Fred Fred Purdue might be listening. Like, what? What you talking about? They got so and so and so and so. But I'm like, what banging wide receivers have they produced over the last decade? You know, to where winning made this important to hide. You know, rather than him just being loyal to possibly a friend. You know, because you become friends when you do this. Most of the time, you're friends already. You once you get a job. 
you know, you hire these dudes because you know them from from places before. But now, you know, listening to some people talk, you know, because we we had the homie uh, Miz up in the 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 chat who told us, you know, as a state employee, and you are that when you're working at a state school, um, that also obligates you to to act on things like this. So I guess Urban Meyer is about to be the next example being made in, in college football. So we'll see where that shoe drops. But what what they say happened is the coach's wife actually told Urban Meyer's wife, and Urban Meyer's wife said that she was going to tell it to her husband. So he could throw his wife Ooh. under the bus and like, no, she ain't never tell me that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she, he, he could do that. And they might be sitting around with their lawyer right now, you know, trying to get her to go along with getting thrown under the bus and taking one for the team. So, yep. you know, who knows? Yeah, but Urban so, Meyer is not going to have trouble getting another job if his firing doesn't come with like a ban from college football for a few years or something. If he just gets fired and he's on the open market, he'll have another job, a high-paying job in no time. So, she probably, you know, if that's the case, she probably really wouldn't have to take one for the team and be embarrassed because they're going to go somewhere and make the same living no, no matter what. So. Yeah, I don't, know if, sure. I don't know if you've ever had that friend that, like, has a crazy relationship, but, like, getting involved in those things, like, never really works out. Like, usually you yeah. end up being the bad guy for trying to, you know, report or or to or to try to get them to stop having such a crazy relationship. Like, they end up, they can right. be beef with each other, then you try to step in and... But then you know, they both turn on you. The next day they both hate you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, being involved you looking at the, the, you're looking at the chick like, damn, I was trying to help your ass with your, exactly. your black eye. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so all right, we'll see how that plays out. So our stat of the week real quick before we get into a couple of NFL topics. Um... <laughs> In in Major League Baseball, on Tuesday night, the Nationals handed the Mets their most lopsided loss in the club's 57-year history with a 25-4 thumping um, back on Tuesday night. Uh, The worst loss they had was to our Philadelphia Phillies, 26-7 back in 1985. Um, So the Phillies scored more runs, but the margin of victory – uh, on Tuesday night was well the margin of defeat was the worst for the Mets in their history. Um, that loss to the Phillies didn't really mean anything because they went on to have some success and was World Series champs that very next year. Um, not really seeing that from the Mets now, <laughs> so this thumping is just going to be a thumping, and what might turn out to be a terrible season uh, for those guys. All right, so shout out to the Nationals. Um, they didn't make any moves on the trade deadline when Bryce Harper's name was being thrown around. And I guess the, the team united after nobody really got dealt, and they went out and, and beat the hell out of the, the Mets to celebrate. All right, so real quick before we get into some NFL rap, um, y'all know the deal. Y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com to call in and speak with us about any NFL topics you might have in mind, dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, you know what to do. Just press 1, 
if you want to talk. Now, the NFL Wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, you can put something on it. <laughs> Financing options are available. Visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And to get those discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. All righty. It's almost that time, man. And it's crazy because it's never in our lives, Hank, almost been that time while the Eagles were defending Super Bowl champions. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that, man. I'm telling you, I, I watched some footage, either a YouTube video or I bought the little uh, the NFL films video from the Eagles, you know, that little mm-hmm. Super Bowl joint they advertised. Them videos always be kind of trash, but it don't matter. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl, yeah. so exactly. <laughs> at this point, any any look, any glimpse of anything that happened last year, especially in the playoffs, bring on some man tears. Somebody start chopping onions and I <laughs> uh, get them emotions all over again. I still got the Super Bowl on the DVR. I watch bits and pieces of that. Uh, I haven't watched the whole game recently, but I'll go on if I got twenty minutes. Just watch something because it was good from start to finish. So, yeah. not not many lulls in the in the game where I turn it on and I'm like, yeah, I want to watch this part. And and we won. So even if there were, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think uh, Tobias brought it up a little bit earlier. The the biggest story in football this week has been the reaction. Like last week, we talked about uh, Jerry Jones and his son taking the national anthem policy, which is now kind of on the back burner. I think they're, like, reevaluating it. But they took it a little farther down there in Dallas, and they said, basically, if you don't stand toe on the line for the national anthem, then you will not be a Dallas Cowboy. So, you know, he took the whip out, (laughs) cracked a few backs. But we all talked about in the the War Room Sports Game Time group at how – he has the kind of quote-unquote leaders on the on-field leaders that would go with the stuff that they're saying. And we weren't wrong about that because Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott both came out, you know, talking that rah-rah cowboy stuff. What Zeke said might have even been worse than Dak, but Dak is the quarterback. He's looked at as the leader, so he's taken more heat over his comments. And what he originally said was, I never protest during the anthem, and I don't think that's the time or venue to do so. The game of football has always brought me such peace, and I think it does the same for a lot of people. A lot of people playing the game, a lot of people watching the game, a lot of people who may have an impact, you know, of the game. So when you bring such controversy to the stadium, to the field, to the game, it takes away. It takes away from that. It takes away from the joy and the love that football brings a lot of people. Now, he caught a lot of heat for that. I saw Dak um, and all kinds of Uncle Ruckus memes and um, what's the dude name from, uh, damn, what was, 
uh, Leo DiCaprio's uh, yeah, House Negro. And, <laughs> he, he The Sam Jackson character. I saw Sam Jackson's face over him all week. People were basically, you know, killing him for what he's saying because, you know, he was a bit dismissive of the whole movement. It's, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier when people try to tell you, I understand why you're upset, why you're doing something, but this isn't the time, this isn't the place. You can't really tell somebody that. If, this is, if they have a message to get across and this is the very biggest stage, this is the biggest stage that they have, how are you going to tell them this isn't the place or the time just because you value this time a little bit differently? So he said that, and then he was asked about it later on in the week. He, he, I wouldn't call it backtracking. He started playing both sides of the fence a little more, but he, he, he definitely said, and I quote, I said what I said. Like, Dak's still like, look, I said what I said. Like, I wouldn't do this. Um, but he was like, I'm more about the action part of it and what's the next steps of us actually getting out there and doing something about it because kneeling and, and putting a fist up is not really a solution. Now, some of that I can certainly understand because you've heard me defend Malcolm Jenkins over the past few months, and it's not because he's an eagle. It's because, okay, he might he may not be doing it anymore, but he did something so he could move on to the next step. But I don't give Dak that same type of benefit of the doubt, not because he's a cowboy, but because he hadn't even been through step one. So you can't skip steps, criticize the first step, and talk about I'm ready to move on to the next step and I'm willing to help Malcolm and those guys in any way, you know, they need me off the field. Any surprise to you about Dak? Zeke just basically went company man, like, we're the Dallas Cowboys and we stand for the national anthem and this is what we chose as a team. So he's not even really worth the conversation, but any surprise to you with Dak? No, I I mean, yet again, like everybody that Shakella ain't your brother. You know what I mean? Like they like Dak and, and Zeke they don't <laughs> everybody that Shakella ain't black is like <laughs> yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't that's not their world. I they did exactly right. what I expected them to do. Uh Jerry Jones did exactly what I expected him to do. Like the, these guys don't get it. Um and we just talked about, you know, how people um, should be doing things anonymously and everything, but that, I need to see receipts. I, I need to see receipts that you're the you're, uh, <laughs> action guy. Cause I, I don't believe you, bro. I don't right. believe that you're out there doing things to, uh, to, to really help out the community. Because, again, people just lump together everything that this whole protest was about. But, but at the heart of it, it was really about – you know, police brutality and and uh, unarmed killing of, of black men. Like that's really what Cat was Cat was about. Um. So, like, no, it's not, man. It's about disrespecting the military. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so even if you're giving a couple, um, you know, giving a couple scholarships to, to a football camp or something like that, like that's not fixing the problem. In which Cat uh, was was trying to bring light to, so so again, you need to, like you said, you need to do those steps. You need to you need to understand and respect that that man went through in order to to support people that he had no, he had no direct connection to. 
He just saw something right. wrong in the world and, and decided to use his platform to, to, to start the conversation. And then, yeah, you had guys like Malcolm Jenkins who were able to, you know, go in, go in those meetings and, and further verbalize. Fin- and finesse some money. Exactly. He was right. Some money. Um, but, but, yeah, but you, like, you can't just come out and criticize. And, and, again, man, it just makes me sad because at the end of the day, if Zeke and Dak and everybody else just decided, you know, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uh, – we're just not going to show up. We're not going to put our, lives in, our, our toes in line. Jerry Jones wouldn't be able to do anything. It's literally the same right, thing that Jerry Jones the did rule. to Donald Trump. It's, it's exactly <laughs> what Donald Trump came out and said, everybody should stand. Jerry Jones felt some type of way about it, so he did his little fake meal with the rest of the NFL. Like, it, right. like – the players could but he tries to, to fake and and put it on Donald Trump. He tries to act like he's implementing that because this guy keeps putting pressure on the National Football League. Yeah, but even with the pressure, you even took it farther than the bogus rule that the National Football League just made up. Yeah. You're telling these dudes if they don't come out, they're not going to be Cowboys. But what's the pressure? You know, because you got people can't... like Dak and Zeke. Who could easily call his bluff, but they're not willing to because you know they're company men. So, <laughs> which Trump's pressure doing? Because we saw the numbers a couple weeks ago, and the NFL had its best year ever, despite right. all the right. despite all the controversy and oh, I'll never watch this again. Blah blah blah. They had they had a record year last year, so he's not affecting anything. So so I don't want to hear that. That. You don't want to see these black people protesting. Don't try to blame it on anybody else. And, and the Eagles won the Super Bowl, so he failed. <laughs> <laughs> this was an unprecedented year, literally. Yeah. He failed. But, no, it, um, yeah, so, and with Cap, like you talked about, you know, how he went out there and just did something that he believed in. He didn't even preface that by telling anybody, watch this. He just did it. Yeah. Like, if yeah. no one would have ever noticed it, it would have never, you know, caught this kind he of fire. He was doing it for weeks. Right. He was doing it for weeks before it came out. Right, right. And somebody finally saw it, and somebody asked him about it, so he was honest, and then that's when all the ish hit the fan. But, Dak, as far as, you know, you crapping on the first step and acting like you want to be a part of the later steps <laughs> – like my man said, like we don't really believe that. You're gonna have to show us receipts on that one, so pretty much. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> you need way Lame. more people. <laughs> you need way more people down there. Alright. What else happened this week in the NFL? Your man, Stefan Diggs, got a new deal. Yeah. <laughs> he uh he inked a new deal with the Vikings for five years, $72 million, $40 million in guaranteed money. Even the people who reported this kind of crapped on him, like kind of wondering, like, why are they paying Stefan Diggs all of this money? He's a good wide receiver. And I personally, you know, I'm rooting for him to get this kind of money because I look at Stefan Diggs, and and they might be playing, paying him for that one miracle play that you know really they should the, the Minnesota Vikings should be paying the cornerback from the Saints. 
but he might be getting paid for that one miracle play that put them in the NFC Championship game. A play that I look at as another reason why our Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl because I maintain yep. I was rooting hard for the Vikings that game because I really had no confidence at that moment. I can talk all the crap I want now because we had a chance. We beat all of y'all. But at that moment, I had no confidence that the Eagles would go into a game against the Saints because this was the most well-rounded Saints team I'd seen in years. I didn't think we could beat them. So I wanted the Vikings. You know, Vikings fans that I talked to were offended by that. I wasn't disrespecting them because I didn't know we were going to 38-7 to them. But I liked our chances better with them than I did with the Saints. So I was cheering on that play like I was a damn Saints fan. I was hyped when that happened. And then it all fell in place, and my my happiness ended up being right. But, you know, maybe the way they played against the Vikings, though, they might have smacked the Saints that day. If if your man Foles was playing like that and the defense was playing like that, they probably would have beat anybody that day. But we did beat anybody and everybody because we had a chance. So what do you think of Paul Stefan and, and this money? Um, shout out to the Serps. You know, that's what we do. We get tagged. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. Uh, you you got to keep us around. So um so so yeah, I'm 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 happy for the brothers. Um, you know, I look I like the Turks really got did. better receiver coaches than the dude Urban Meyer is losing his job over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I I think he's a really really good receiver. I mean, who's he had as far as a solid quarterback? Um, you know, right. to really get him the ball. He's somebody right. when the ball he, he makes the catch. He seems to always get open on on big plays. Uh, he's not the, you know, giant, has all the, the physical that you really expect um, of, of those top receivers. But um, as far as uh, the hands and the, the ability to get open, I, I think he's worth it, man. I, I think he's, um, like you said, he's a, he's a cult hero there now, man. You, you, you have right. to keep him. You know why people crap on him? Because, you know, everybody who's reporting these things, the first thing they're going to is statistics. And he doesn't yeah. have monster statistics. As a matter of fact, he, he's never had a 1,000-yard season. Um, he has had an 84-catch season, but he's 52, 84, 64, 720 yards, 903 yards, 849 yards. But, the same, you know, what you just said, the quarterback situation, even though, you know, they tried to jump on the Keenum bandwagon last year because they were winning, not because he was lighting the place on fire. Um, yeah. He hasn't had anybody like that. I think his numbers – I think he will have his his first 1,000-yard receiving season this year and maybe 90 catches. Um, not that Kirk Cousins is a superstar. You saw I already had this conversation with somebody. <laughs> not that he's a superstar, but he's an upgrade. You know, even if they don't win, like expecting them to win more than they did last year and to get farther than they did last year – you know, those are lofty expectations for anybody, and it might not be realistic with other teams getting better in the conference. But statistically, they're going to be a better offense. The quarterback's numbers are going to be better than Keenum's. The wide receivers are going to have, you know, better numbers than they had last year. So he's going to earn that check. He's going to earn that check, yep. uh, barring any injuries. Um, he'll definitely get that. All right, so uh, – Last thing uh, I want to talk about before we get out of here. I got two things. I don't know if we're going to get to both, but this is 
Hall of Fame weekend. So we're actually going to have some football this weekend. I'm not a preseason dude, so I could really give, you know, two craps about any NFL action happening in the preseason. But this is a special Hall of Fame year, um, again, for the Eagles fans. We're making this all about us in these last few minutes <laughs> um, because Brian Dawkins is going to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame this Saturday. Um, T.O. is going to be enshrined, but not really enshrined, <laughs> however that goes. <laughs> He's going to be in there, but you ain't going to hear no hoopla about him because when he said he wasn't coming, they basically erased him from the program. I don't even know if they're going to say his name. Um, but now you're you going to try to watch that? You're going to try to see Doc? I'm going to at least try to record it. I can't promise that I'm going to be live for anything happening in the NFL preseason, but I got to see Doc. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to hear the speech. I mean, this, as far as a class, this has to be one of the greatest classes ever of uh, of talent. At least, uh, definitely for yeah. um, classes, no my, joke. Yeah, and it's a I, defensive I think, class um, too. Besides the uh, yeah, you got you got Erlacher, you got um, you got Uncle Rakes. Uh, he's gonna give a good <laughs> speech too. Uh, he gonna you mean a good preach, not a good speech? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got you got uh you got T O you got Randy so I mean this this class is is ridiculous so yeah I, I'll definitely record it like you said it, it ain't appointment viewing for me but um but I think I, I think they're it. all worthy too you know some people crap on um Erlacher but you, you know my term for that I think that's the Bomani Jones effect you know because the people <laughs> that I know that crap on them are all people that look like me <laughs> Shit, I was on somebody today say that Larry Bird should be that little that little meme where they ask you, you can take two of these guys yeah. out of this yeah. photo and still tell the history of the of the NBA. You know, I saw somebody say Larry Bird, and he's in our War Room Sports Game Time group. I see you. You don't be saying that stuff in the group, but I see you on social media. <laughs> I see the stuff you be saying, but that's the Bomani effect because ain't no damn way you could take Larry Bird out of the history of the NBA and still tell the story. Like it was. Larry and Magic saved the damn league. Like, come on, man. White men can't jump, but Larry can ball. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the the, the enshrining ceremony. I'm looking forward to B-Dog because he's going to have tears in his eyes. It's going to be emotional. Um, Ray, I used to feel the same thing about him that I feel about Brian Dawkins. He's making that really difficult right now, but I can give him his props. I still think he's the greatest middle linebacker of all time. Erlacher is one of them, top ten, so he's well-deserving. And then, you know, you got those wide receivers. It's probably poetic justice. It's fitting that they go in together, even though T.O. not going to be there. But, look, we are out of time. We wanted to talk about Earl Thomas telling the Seahawks, uh, pay me or trade me. But, you know, we'll talk about that on social media or something like that. We just want to thank all the good people out there for joining me and the homie Billy Beige for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, the War Room Sports Game Time on the GroupMe app, and all the callers who called in to holler at us. Tune in next week live right here or on demand as we catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. 
Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.